1: Харчу
2: е зашем, е заше, мечеху, киями сай леху,
0: кой як ласо стои, кой як твоя твоя, кой як нас воєл,
1: Welcome to the Jewish Shower. I'm your host, Herschel Finn, and we have a show for you today. In this half hour of the show, we will be interviewing Rabbi Mendel Krasinansky, who is the Havatshliach on Maui. And I guess you can guess what we'll be talking about. In the second half hour of the show, we'll be looking at the portion of Kitate, which can be found in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 20. It also is the beginning of the month of Elul, and we'll be talking about that. We spoke a little bit about that last week. We've got wonderful music all throughout the show. A really cool story all the way at the end. Before we do anything else, let's go right to the news. Two Palestinian terrorists were killed on Tuesday during an exchange of fire with Israeli forces near Jericho. An Islamic Jihad terrorist was killed and an Israeli soldier lightly wounded during an arrest raid in Jenin. A Philadelphia teen was arrested for planning terrorist attacks. The teen was arrested with bomb components. He had been recruited by an overseas Islamist terror group. 24 synagogues and temples around North America received bomb threats via their their online services. Buildings were evacuated, but no bombs were found. A Holocaust Memorial Library was destroyed by arson in Berlin, while the windows of the Holocaust Federation building in southern Germany were smashed. In some other news, Uruguay announced that it would open a diplomatic office for innovation partnerships in Jerusalem. The move is considered a step towards Uruguay moving its embassy to Israel's capital, and Paraguay, by the way, just moved its embassy back. Jerusalem. Israel and Vietnam agreed to direct flights and follow up to a free trade agreement that was signed two weeks ago. Flights between Hanoi and Tel Aviv will begin in October. Speaking of flying, LL announced that it will be flying twice a week from Fort Lauderdale to, Ter- to Tel Aviv nonstop beginning in April in time for the Passover holiday. And if you wanted to go there for Sukkot, they have some special Sukkot flights flying nonstop from Fort Lauderdale. Archaeologists in southern Russia discovered a synagogue from the Second Temple era. The synagogue has two rooms. They also found fragments of ancient Judaica. And finally, the long-awaited Tel Aviv light rail began working this week. The line connects Bat Yam with Petach Tikva with 14 stops in between, including central Tel Aviv. Two more lines are planned that will eventually have 139 stops in 14 cities. The light rail will not run on Shabbos as initially planned. And that's the news. Why go to a hospital get healthy? Here you are listening to The Jewish Hour. We are on line with Rabbi Mendel Kazinjanski. He's the Chabad representative in Maui, Hawaii. We're talking about what everybody's talking about is the fires there. How are you, Mendel?
2: Uh, Shalom aleichem, Rabbi. Thank you for having me. Uh, Baruch Hashem.
1: Okay, first question is, are are you safe and is your family safe?
2: Yes, I do, Hashem. Thank God. While the fires broke out, my family and I were actually visiting family off-island. I came back as soon as I was able to make it back on island. The fires were affected, particularly, obviously, ravaged Lahaina, devastated Lahaina, which is the west side of the island. But there were also smaller fires in comparison, but no jokes. And they were coming near the Sabad and they reached pretty close the Bar and the fire stopped before they got
1: to Chabad. Oh, Chabad. very interesting. That's amazing. Okay, so to, for, to tell people that are not familiar with, and I'm assuming it's probably most of the Jewish Hour listenership, just about the uh, the makeup of Maui. I looked it up, and Maui is 735 square miles in point of comparison to our listeners. In Oakland County, which is the county where we are, is 900 square miles. So your island is smaller than a county in Oakland in, in Michigan. So is it possible, I mean, if, like, say there would be a fire, like we know we get tornadoes in Davisburg, and it's far enough where it just it doesn't affect me. It doesn't, I don't know anything about it. So is, is Maui the same type of uh, geography? If you've got fires in Lahaina on the uh, west side, are the people, like, aware of it on the, is it affecting them on the east side? Or it's like that's something that's happening over there?
2: So it is, as you mentioned, a small, you know, we are a small rock in the Pacific Ocean, Um you know, and obviously, it's uh, all very small and interconnected, but physically, you know, behind side is maybe a half-hour drive from where we are located, so where you could see it, you know, it's a, a, little, a little one-lane highway along the ocean and the cliff, so it's not, um, you know, physically affecting the other neighborhoods per se, but a large portion of Maui was shut down, you know, the neighbors behind behind, etc., were all impacted.
1: Okay, so now, okay, good, thank you um you, you you mentioned you were off island. How difficult was it getting onto Maui when everybody was trying to get off of Maui and all the the chaos and all the ensuing emergency vehicles and et cetera, Mandy Krasnansky?
2: So actually, the planes were pretty empty, so initially they were cancelling flights. you know, you've happened last week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so can fly. On Friday to land here at Shabbos, but um, right away, immediately after Shabbos, uh, whenever some of my flights were canceled, it took a little bit longer than usual, but Bar Hashem was able to get on the island Sunday and uh, be back here at the community, the Kihiro.
1: Okay, so when you got there, I mean, the devastation is already, by last Sunday, the devastation is already in full full swing. Um, do you have members of your congregation that were directly offended, affected that are living in Lahaini? How, like, how often do you go to Lahaini?
2: Normally, so I would usually go there. You know, depending uh, once a week, once every other week. You know, but we definitely had it in there. There's um, uh, an Israeli contingency in the community. Actually, every year we have a, a tiki torch menorah that's larger than my tiki torch menorah that we take around for Hanukkah. And every year Hanukkah, we take it to Front Street, which is the main the main drag over there in the High now. We light it up, and hundreds of people would be walking by and dancing. It was very beautiful um, just there. But obviously. Uh, you know, our hearts are heavy with the tragedy and all those affected. Indeed. Thank God, all the there's no uh, everyone from the Jewish community has been accounted for. But yes, there have been those who have lost their homes, their businesses, and now have to start their lives anew.
1: Okay, so we we here in Detroit have actually been affected by the Canadian wire wildfires. I don't know if that news made it all the way down to Hawaii, but Canada's on fire, and people in Detroit couldn't breathe. So, what did you? What did you find when you when you got back to, to Maui, Mandy? Um,
2: lots of collective sadness and shock, and you know, people were just walking around shell-shocked. Like I said, it's a small island community, a greater community, obviously the Jewish community also, um, even smaller, more connected. Uh, physically, though, other than the area is ravaged, Baruch Hashem, the roads are still open and people are still able to go about what they're doing. But what I found is the whole island—you know, thank God—from all around the world, there's this outpouring of support. Um, people are sending necessary items. There's election centers everywhere. Everyone is helping. The roads were closed to the affected areas, so people were getting on boats and jet skis and bringing stuff over. Uh, a lot of shock, a lot of sadness, and a lot of camaraderie is what I would say I found. <laughs>
1: Were you actually able to get into Lahaina, or was there a need for you to get to the area where the fire was was going?
2: So we were able to get in. Yes, they've opened. You know, the physical spaces that are burned down are still closed while they're still um, going through the rubble. And there's still many missing people, Sami Smart. But we went there, you know, to visit those. Affected in the areas immediately past Lahaina, you know, not everyone those houses went down, but there's still people there that lost power, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, to, to you know, support, uh, just be there for, you know, our, our congregation and to bring essential items that people are sending from all around the world, and support that people are sending to repurchase stuff to give out to those in need
1: hmm Do you have, like, you know, Shabbos is coming up. Do you have people, like, from Lahaina staying with you, like, in Mass, if you turned, like, your Chabad house into, like, say, a, uh, a shelter and people are are staying there? So
2: in the immediate aftermath, um, we had people here. Like I mentioned, even though I was gone, we opened up the Chabad house and we had people staying here. We had people stay here for Shabbos. We actually had a family that had the plan for Bar Mitzvah that got displaced, so they had some Bar Mitzvah here, Baruch Hashem, um, thank God everyone has been moved into temporary housing, but, you know, we're here for the community. So.
1: Okay. So now I know, unfortunately, I, I seem to do some kind of a disaster show like once every year or so. So last year um, I was talking with Rabbi Minkowitz, who was down in... Um, the west coast of Florida, and I asked him about, well, how long would it take to get things back? And he was talking, he said it could take anywhere 15, 20 years before things are are back to normal in like Fort Myers. How long do you think it's going to take before well, the western part of Maui is back again and people are touristing over there and life is like the new normal, Mandel?
2: So I don't want to speak outside my camp, You know, I don't know. I do know that the neighborhood of Lahaina is no longer exists. It's literally a war zone, it's burnt to the ground. So the building, you know, rebuilding efforts will take years and people, the houses there, you know, moving them to temporary houses, we're trying to help them find longer term solutions, etc. But as you mentioned, it was a bustling, you know, vibrant community and uh, it's no longer. So if that will come back or how that will be, is I don't know. But we are here for. The long road, you know, to help and assist wherever we can, mm-hmm. you know, reach people—not only the people in Mahina, but as well, you know, businesses. And it's a basically a tourist economy here, so everyone has been impacted as uh, the island shut down. So we'll see how long, but that goes on for. But the other parts of the island are now opening up, and they're asking people to come back, you know, not to go into the affected areas. So hopefully, some semblance of normalcy will return. Yeah.
1: Okay, understood. Okay. Um, did anybody see this coming? I mean, was it, was like always like, you know, you know, there's a possibility there could be like wildfires around here. Like maybe we should do such and such or, you know, it's, it's, um, I haven't, you know, we hear every year about the forest fires around this, this part of North America and I have never heard of a fire in Hawaii till now. So was this something that's, that was like never thought of, or this is like in the back of people's minds. We know we, we live in this area and it could happen and et cetera.
2: So again, I don't like speaking out of my can, and the assessments and the aftermath, you know, all these government agencies and organizations will do and everyone has their opinions. But I will say that, you know, there, now we, there is a lot of brush and then the summer it's dry and there is smaller fires, obviously nothing close to the scale. But I don't think anyone—the worst nightmare ever imagined—such a devastating tragedy ever happening. And again, as I mentioned, there's just you know it's a one-lane road in and out, so accessibility and everything wasn't. Said. There was down power lines, roads were closed, so it was in amalgamation of lots of things that created the, the horrific scenario. But I don't, I don't, you know, again, I can't speak on on, on the government level or whatnot. What what they disaster plans were, but I don't think anyone has ever imagined such a horrific scenario. No, it wasn't mm-hmm. like a ticking time bomb. No.
1: Okay. If you just,
2: just, you know. Got, so.
1: got it. Okay. If you're just joining us, our guest today is Mandy Krasniansky. He is the Chabad Rabbi on Maui. We we're talking about the fires of Mau- on Maui and their aftermath. Are the, I haven't been hearing, are the fires like under control? And are they out? Are people like, can they go back to Lahaina now?
2: So, as I mentioned, there were multiple fires, different parts of the island, most of them are out um, or contained. Lahaina itself is reopened. That side of the island is reopened, but the, the Lahaina neighborhood is closed. People who uh, had houses there that didn't burn down were able to go in and retrieve their stuff. But now, you know, FEMA and the National Guard moved in and they are you know, going through the rubble looking for survivors, et cetera. But it's not, no, the neighborhood is not, it, it's accessible for those who need to get in. It's not open season, per se.
1: Okay. What's your job now in reference to this, uh, the aftermath? What are you doing? What's what's taking up your time now, Mendel?
2: So in the immediate, um, you know, as it was occurring, um, in the immediate aftermath, there was the the power lines and phone lines were down. So aside for residents, there's also many visitors that were here. So, you know, getting calls from all over the world to uh, try to locate their loved ones and those who checked in. You know, we let people know as soon as, as, soon as uh, we heard from people, um, whether tourist or visitor, um, to trying to coordinate places for people to stay and some people in the Shabbat, um trying to get people into shorter term housing, trying to see you know, if we could help in the longer term housing. And Again, all these organizations from all over the world, Bar HaShem, reaching out helps help the Jewish community and the larger community where we could apply that assistance on the more you know micro individual level or the more macro level. Sabad started a relief fund and assisting those impacted fiscally and again trying to help them where we can as they're starting their lives anew. There um, they're in a handful of yidin that they're filling have been burnt in the fires. So and the Jewish artifacts, so replacing those um, and you now, obviously, being there for the community facing is, is such a devastating tragedy, meeting with those impacted immediately, and those just living here who, you know, uh, it's been a, a big blow for the whole island. And then, in the longer term, seeing how we could, we could, uh, you know, we're still in the in the first week post. It's just the last week, so that initial shock and kind of adrenaline that everyone had over the fires is starting to wear off a bit and people are waking up to this reality that they have to start their life again. So be there for emotional support, provide shivuk, spiritual support. Um, You know, in 1957, Far Chabad, there was a horrific terrorist attack in Far Chabad and the community wrote to the Rebbe asking for guidance. The Rebbe responded that the rebuilding will be their comfort. I said that so we are just here for the rebuilding to try to apply ourselves wherever we can and all these organizations the worldwide that are reaching out to us and see how we could help.
1: Okay. That so you actually segued into my next question is what are you telling people to try to provide comfort for people who have lost their businesses, their homes, medical?
2: Um, first and foremost uh, to hug them and and uh, you know be there in their pain and hear from them. Let them know that uh, you know, can't fathom what they're going through. But we love them and the Jewish community here and the community world over is there for them. Um, you know, as we start now Sadish El we believe that Evishar God is all merciful God. And we don't know why things happen, but we have to believe that Hashem gives us the kayach and the strength to soldier on and to to be there. But primarily just to be there for them and be there in their pain.
1: Okay. Now, when there've been like um, disasters on the mainland, so it was really easy. Like in Detroit, people loaded up forty-foot uh, trucks full of stuff, and they drove. You're two time, three time zones off the coast of California. Tell us about coordinating getting th- um, stuff into into the area.
2: So, thank God the greater community came together incredibly aside for you know government shipping and stuff as well the resources on the island were immediately directed um in that direction and so there was a lot of chaos and the roads weren't necessarily open but people were opening up all the boating companies were sending boats around to the next harbor and people were lining up to deliver goods and to shelters and to, to those who got out and to those people on that side um so there was a i would say a, a an island wide coordinated effort to try to get as much and it's still going on. Now the roads have opened up so it's made it easier, you know, the trucking in, but initially it was via boat and and everyone's just trying to some there's one back road steep not really a road, an off road um kind of access point that some people are taking stuff through. And uh yeah.
1: Okay, that's incredible. What do you need? People are listening now, and every, when these things happen, you know, people just—they just, just want to help. What does Chabad of Maui need right now to uh, to help in this emergency, Mendel Krasniewski?
2: So, as mentioned initially, you know many people are sending in essential items that people would need: blankets, diapers, baby formula, all that stuff. Um, there's a lot of clothes sent, which now the county and the people are asking. No more clothes. Thank God. There's overwhelming amounts of clothes. But as well as I mentioned, Chabad opened up a relief fund to provide the financial assistance in the immediate. We'll see how we could apply that for the longer term as these, um, affected Jews and as well as the greater community see how we could help and apply for those, uh, their needs in the longer run. Like you mentioned, you know, happened today. The eyes of the world are here today, but the community faces a, a many year rebuild.
1: Understood. So, if people want to contribute to the Maui Fire Relief Fund, of Chabad, how do they do that, Mendel Krasinowski?
2: Thank you so much. Um, Chabad of Maui forward slash relief. Chabad of forward slash relief. Um, and I do want to mention that it's incredibly heartening to see and to experience. Mika all you know, people from all over the world calling out with concerns to make sure we're okay, calling out to see how they could help, how they contribute. And providing assistance, etc., really gives a lot of chivuk. Because while we are, uh, you know, is the most isolated land masses in the world, sometimes we feel distant. When tragedies like this happen, we're all, you know, all one, one family, one mishpasa.
1: That's terrific. Okay, we hope to hear good news from you, Mendy Krasinansky. Again, our guest today has been Rabbi Mendy Krasinansky, he's the Chabad. Representative on Maui and we've been talking about the tragedies in the aftermath of the, the great conflagration that has hit Maui in 2023 we want to we, we hope that you keep us apprised of any uh, future developments and we wish you continued success and, and for a happy and a healthy new year
2: thank you very much thank you for having me and as well just to reiterate sorry it's one thing I didn't mention before so that's the message we're telling people is We enter now into, you know, high holiday season, renewal and rebirth. So to start again, and to give us the The keyach, to support those going through it and to give those the ones that are going through it, Hashem should give them much strength and comfort.
1: Wonderful. Awesome. That's terrific. Okay. We're going to thank you so much, and uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. Want assurance of quality and excellence in kosher? Look for the Michigan K on the label. What's it look like? The Lower Peninsula of Michigan with a K. It's the symbol of the Michigan kosher supervisors. Go to their website, mycosup.com. That's M-I for Michigan, K-O for Kosher, and S-U-P for Supervisors, com, and find this month's featured products. You'll find Michigan K-Products wherever fine food is sold, especially at Natural Food Patch on West Nine Mile Road in Ferndale. Hershel Erschel Finman here. You're listening to Jewish Hour. It just really rips my heart out when I hear stuff like this that's going on. It's just like, these are really hard. I would rather do a... An interview with somebody who just wrote a cookbook, but it gets gets on. Listen, you know, we say we hope you have an internet to entertain and educate you. So feel yourself a little bit smarter. And uh, if you feel so inclined, it is Elul and it's time to open up the checkbooks or whatever books we're using now. And Chabad Chabad Maui Maui, Maui's M-A-U-I dot org uh, slash relief. And that'll take care. You'll send some money. And much, much, much needed funds are over there. We're going to change the tone drastically right now. This is God Elbaz Bazin this in black. Another another collaboration between the two. They much like each other. This song is called Hu Hamelach. He with a capital H is the king, and it's all for the month of Elul when we say the king is in the field. <laughs>
0: Come, 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 I'm come, 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 Give me air while I'm drowning, your presence I feel is sound and it breaks my heart to let go, so I just figure I won't, I'd rather keep holding you close, you know I'm here holding you strong, I'm sitting in a your
1: We all know there's an opiate epidemic, but Advanced Rapid Detox has a solution for people addicted to pain pills, heroin, and dependent on Suboxone and Methadone. Advanced Rapid Detox performs detox under sedation in the hospital. Patients sleep through withdrawals and wake up without cravings. Dr. Julia Aronoff and the staff at Advanced Rapid Detox help people restore their lives and the lives of their families. Addiction affects everyone, even in the Jewish community, and Advanced Rapid Detox is there to help. Call 800-603-1813, that's 800-603-1813, or visit them online at www.AdvancedRapidDetox.com. Erichel Finman, here you're listening to the Jewish Hour. We didn't play Klezmer for two weeks, and boy, I'm finally <laughs> I'm getting it. For the mail. If you want to contact me about anything I'm doing right or doing wrong, so you can contact me at RabbiFinman.com. So yes, we are playing a Klezmer song right now. This is the Klezmer Festival Band. The song is called "The Journey to Russia," and it's a uh, a mashup of various Klezmer standards. Let's listen. <laughs> With the New Year approaching, why go anywhere else for your holiday shopping when you can go to The Grove? Fully renovated, The Grove is located on Greenfield Road, just south of 696. At The Grove, you'll find the largest selection of kosher foods and wines in Michigan. Looking for fresh, round holiday challahs, honey cake, or exotic fruit for the New Year? The Grove has it. The Grove has the freshest produce, gourmet dairy, deli, and meats. They even have a kosher bakery and hot takeout right on the premises. It's The Grove on Greenfield Road in 696 for all your shopping needs. And I hope you enjoyed that, all you Klezmer fanatics. That was the Klezmer Festival Band. Up next, this is something brand new. Just hours old, as a matter of fact. This is Baruch Shalom. I happen to like his voice a lot. I've I've known Baruch Shalom for many years already. He's been doing stuff. So this one's called Hamachadish. It's about the way the world's created, that according to the Kabbalah, the world is created every minute anew. By the Word of God. So let's listen to the Baruchon. <laughs>
2: ghad is <laughs> me fad is begonya you vetuway me khad each for all you
0: eternal
1: Here you are listening to the Jewish Hour. This week in the synagogue, we will be reading the portion of Kitaytse, and it's found in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 20, and following. There is a list of, uh, I think it's about 70 commandments in this week's portion, and we're not going to do all of them because that would take weeks to discuss all the mitzvahs in this portion. In fact, Uh, When I was in yeshiva, we had a class where we studied this portion, last week's portion, and this week's portion in depth. I think it took about six months every single day, spending an hour on this week's portion because of all the stuff in it. It's just amazing. The portion of Kiteite is always read right smack dab in the middle. I don't know what a smack dab means, but it's right smack dab in the middle of the month of Elul. It happens also be my, my my bar mitzvah portion. I was born on the fourteenth day, right, also in the middle of the month of Elul, and I always relate to Kitatei as like, oh, birthday time, which that's another topic for another thing. What's the the main thing over here? In that was not the main thing. What's the first thing? And the the way the portion is structured. It's like everything's important. The last letter is important, but there seems to be a lot of emphasis put at the beginning. And like, why is it at the beginning? Well, we want to emphasize. And it's like the name of the portions, ki hamal milchamal, when you go out to war against your enemy. So this is a commandment which was commanded 3,300 years ago for us in the year 2023 to do. I, thank God, am not going again out to any war. But, or let's say, and, this commandment is still relevant. And it relates specifically now to the time period that we're in a few weeks prior to Rosh Hashanah. Because it says over there, the the verse states, when you go out to war and you'll see among the captives, a beautiful woman, you take her home. OK, make her a wife. And there's a whole procedure there about how to make this non-Jewish woman who is among the captives to turn her into a Jewish wife. And it's referred to her as she's because of her. What, what, what grabbed the soldier's attention? Obviously, she was good looking. The world's Pleasures. The mundane pleasures of the world, the things that are kosher, the things that we can bring into our houses, which is what this poor verse is talking about. It says, bring her into your house. If you bring her into your house, it must be kosher, right? The world's pleasures are all really good. But what do we have to do? We have to make them ours, not that we're theirs. We have to make them ours. We have to take the world's pleasures and... Make them into a vehicle for conveying holiness. This is what we're doing before Rosh Hashanah. As I mentioned last week, no, I didn't mention, I meant to mention last week. We have this example of the king in the field, right? That we say that the month of Elul, the godliness which is abounding is the same like on Yom Kippur, but it's not not Yom Kippur. Why not? And we give the example of the king in the field. It's like the king is taking it easy, and you can come and you can take a come and ask him any questions. Whereas on Yom Kippur, you got to get an appointment, you got to stand in line, you got to make your request. It could be turned down. Here, the king is like, he's like sitting back, he's drinking the my ties, wearing the beer, Birkenstocks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's a difference though, because on Yom Kippur, there's lots of publicity. It's like the call went out. If you come to Yom Kippur, you get your sins forgiven. It's got a lot of good press, Yom Kippur. There are people that the only time they even think about their Judaism is Yom Kippur because of this. Like, whoa. And here it is. It's like Elos, like a whole month of that. But there's no publicity. God says, I'm taking it easy. I'm, I'm, ch- I'm chilling. I'm, ta- I'm sitting back. If you want to come, I'm not broadcasting. I'm not going out to you like on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. If you you come to me, I'm giving you all the tools that you need. It's the same revelation like Yom Kippur. I'm giving you all the tools. You have to be the one to open up the toolbox and use them to go visit the king. Exactly. And part of that is this idea of making the mundane into the holy. And we've we've talked about this zillions of times before that it increases without going through the specific verses that describe it, but there's the, the major verses that, that are involved with increasing and learning Torah. And you could do that. You can always go to, to rabbifinman.com. There's all kinds of things over there. Chabad.org is just chock or block full. You could spend the rest of your life going from page to page to page on Chabad.org just learning stuff. That's one of my major recommendations. And if you would like to set up a class, if you're in the Detroit area, not if you're in the Detroit area, I've got classes on Zoom and on Skype and WhatsApp and uh, over the phone. You know, There's media out there in which Torah can be conveyed. So if you'd like to increase it, you know, reach out on rabbifinman.com, say, hey, listen, I got time. I'd like to know what's involved with getting a private class with Rabbi Finman, for example, or joining an already online class. You know, so we're increasing those things. We're increasing in our giving of charity, which is what I'm going to talk about as soon as I get done with this little monologue. There is increasing in your one's prayer, returning to God, feeling a spiritual sensitivity, coming closer to God. Those are the things that we do during this month, so that when the time Rosh Hashanah comes, it's like my my checklist is already has everything checked off. I'm good. Now all I have to do when I get to Rosh Hashanah is accept whatever God wants of me, which is what the job is of us on Rosh Hashanah, which we'll talk about when we get closer to Rosh Hashanah. And it all starts today. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can go to RabbiFinman.com and hit the contact page and you can contact me and you can check out RabbiFinman.com if you're listening to this podcast on com, You have to wait till the end of the podcast before you switch off. Otherwise, the podcast goes back to the beginning. Something my webmaster hasn't been able to do something about, but that's the way it was set up in 2009 when we first set up this. That was like the dinosaur. There was like stegosaurus roaming the earth when my website was set up in 2009. Yeah, so... uh, I'm not updating it anytime soon because it still looks pretty cool. But uh, we have a different media in which we present Judaism in an entertaining and hopefully educational way. And as we talked about at the onset of this monologue, there's the donations page. And uh, the Jewish Hour is part of an umbrella organization or under an umbrella organization where we do lots of things besides this radio show. So and all of them are are geared to helping the, the the community, not just the Jewish community, the community at large, because that's just our, our nature. We have to live in a community. It takes like a village and it's not the village is not homogeneous. So there's lots of people. So we're out there. We're we're like helping everybody. The community garden this year at Jewish Ferndale has just been bumper crop. And we've invited uh, – it's like we don't have a fence around the property, and you can come and you can uh, – right now we don't have a fence around the property. But it's open. You can come. You can just uh, come and pick stuff if you want. And uh, we are encouraging – them is going to say anything. We're encouraging you. Okay? How many zucchinis can I eat already? So please, you're doing me a favor. So that's at 1725 Pinecrest Drive, which is where, if you're going to send your donation, you would send it to the Jewish Hour, 1725 Pinecrest Drive, Ferndale, Michigan, 48220. So we're doing all kinds of things. You can check out jewishferndale.com is also part of it and see the wonderful programs that are being offered. And so you can go to Rabbi Finman or Jewish Ferndale, make your donation and help keep this radio program and all the other wonderful things that this organization does in hopefully making the world a better place. Okay, the Hasidic story. There was a rabbi who was in head of I think the girls' schools in Paris. His name is Yosef Yitzhak Pesner. And in 1989, the Rebbe instituted something called Shnasah Binion and told everybody, which means the year of building, told everybody um, you have to build a building. And the Rebbe was participant that he gave everybody who decided to build the building a hundred bucks. We bought a house in 1989, you know, so it's like, yeah. And um, so he decided that he's going to build not a building. He's going to build a campus because he's got these old buildings in Paris and... Uh, He wants to make it new because the new buildings attract more people. If it's just old and decrepit, people think, yeah, that that slum, I'm not sending my kid there. So they had a lot of vision. And he was able to, to, during that year in a very short time, to make contact with 20 business people who pledged lots of money. They were talking, I think there was three or four major school buildings that went into this complex. And so on adar 26 of 1992 the, he and these 20 uh, business people traveled to new york and they presented the rebbe with the key to the to the building keys to the buildings and the rebbe smiled at him and said you should build one more building Okay, that's what, he, that's what the Rebbe said. Now, a Pesner being a Lubavitcher understood the when, when, you know, with the Rebbe, it was like, I did something good. And the Rebbe said, okay, what are you going to do tomorrow? That was basically the Rebbe's uh, modus operandi. So he went back to Paris, and they were discussing it, and they said, listen, I don't know what the Rebbe has in mind, but the Rebbe said. So the buildings that we build now were miraculous that we were able to get the land and get the permits and get the money and get it built. And it was like one miracle after another. And I've heard many stories about these buildings that, that the the things that had supernatural ways in which this complex came about. So he walked into the ministry of housing and walked right up to the secretary of the minister of housing and said, I want to see the minister of housing. So she said, do you have an appointment? No. Said one second. OK, she said, listen to this one, the minister will see you now. It's like you're talking about a governor, and officials. his cabinet position. It's like unheard of that such a thing happens. Like, yep. So he walked in and he uh, told the minister what he was looking for. And he was expecting the minister to say, your buildings haven't even been occupied yet. You haven't even opened up your schools for the school year. You want new? What do you want? The whole. Par-? That's not what the minister said. The minister said. Let me go take a look at your buildings. And they arranged like two weeks later a whole tour. They gave the whole thing, and it's like a big thing. The minister of, uh, of housing is coming to uh, take a look at uh, these buildings. And uh, he said, Your Rebbe is a prophet. He says, What does the mayor want to do? The mayor wants to confiscate your old buildings. He says, Once now, you'll move into the new buildings. So he'll take the old buildings, and he wants to put and make a shopping plaza there. And if you don't act now, you won't be able to get land. So you have to act right now. So he did. He got put in the permits. and got, and they actually miraculously they got the land. And what happened though is, the mayor was up for reelection. And he didn't get elected. He got booted out of office for whatever. The you know people don't get elected again. But as soon as the new building was built. And it was up and functioning, and they were thinking they're going to use the old buildings for this, the old buildings for that. There was a major fire and destroyed the old buildings. And so, as you see, the Rebbe was like the the minister of housing in Paris said, your rabbi is a prophet. That's going to do it for today. We hope we had a chance to entertain you a bit. We hope we had a chance to educate you a bit. If you want to send funds to Chabad of Maui, that's ChabadMaui.org backslash or forward slash rather relief. And uh, hope to see you again uh, next week. Take, take
2: care. care.